Hello, everybody. Hello, Mr. Pike. I know lots of people in this room. Um, do you guys know what that is? It is a blackboard. Do you know what formula this is? This, quite simply, is a formula for rocket science. Radio is not rocket science. Just keep it simple, stupid, keep it consistent, and have fun. For fuck's sake, you're not a rocket scientist. If you're a rocket scientist, you really shouldn't be in this room. I'll tell you why. Because the pay in radio is crap. We talk about radio as being theater of the mind, a uh, one-on-one -on -one relationship. I don't like the pictures that radio is projecting anymore. Dull, boring, contrived, lack of talent. We make listeners jump through hoops, and then we hire talent based on how many Twitter followers they have and not passion and overall conversational skill. Stations, unfortunately, are run by number crunchers who are now making programming decisions. Most don't even know their audience. They try to be everything to everybody and wonder why the hell are they losing listeners. It's simple. To me and everybody in this room, radio is not just a job. It's a passion. It's a calling. It's an energy that grabs you. It's the kind of thing that puts butterflies in your stomach. When last did you switch on a microphone and have butterflies in your stomach? When last have you walked into a radio station and thought, shit, they actually pay me to do this? It stopped, and it stopped ages ago. We look at this whole thing, and radio has always been about passion. It's always been, been about people, and I think somewhere between the, the 10th and 20th consultant, we forgot to follow our gut, and we need to go back there. Do you remember that feeling of the first time that you switched on that microphone? How you felt? Why you got into it in the first place? Um, my dad used to always tell this to me. He said, Lloyd, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I've never worked a day in my life. My name is Lloyd Motheray. I'm very blessed to be here today with you. Uh, early on this year, I was inducted as the youngest member into the uh, SA Radio Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm the founder of Hot 91.9 and the MD, uh, and it truly is my pleasure to be here. And Today, I'm about to tell you my story. Um, I started radio at the, the age of 13. I think I hold the record for the youngest DJ on commercial radio. Subsequently, I also hold the record for the youngest DJ to be fired from commercial radio. So I think it balances, <laughs> it kind of balances out. Um, somebody gave me a break. I came from a really poor neighborhood in a place called Overport in Durban. Um, my parents weren't wealthy at all. My dad was a panel beater. My mom worked as a sales lady. Um, you know, getting a kid out of Overport is either going to end up as a drug dealer or you're going to end up on the side of the road somewhere. Uh, we've been fortunate, and guys like Omar Isak also came out of Overport and managed to get away from all of that. Um, I met a guy by the name of, of David Yap, um, who had started a radio station called Red Cap Radio, uh, which was running for a few years. Uh, and he also had a radio station called uh, WCN, which was a sort of in-house shopping center radio station. Uh, and I remember walking through with this demo. Um, I'd heard about the station... I was probably about 13 years old. My parents probably gave me five bucks and said, listen, it's the last day of school. Go to the movies. Go and do something. My friends went to the movies. I didn't do that. I watched this DJ. 
one, I thought, this is freaking awesome. Look at all these women coming in here. And look at all the music you got. Apparently in radio, you get lots of girlfriends and you get a lot of free music. In my case, I just got a lot of free music. <laughs> so, um, I took a demo over to, after I tried at, uh, I was working at WCN for a little while. And I took my, my demo over to, to a station called Capital Radio. Um, and the guy on the other side listened to it and he said, do you know what, um, Lloyd, that's, that's very good, but you need to go back to the drawing board. Uh, and that's quite hurtful for, for a 13-year-old. Um, subsequently, and, and you never burn your, your bridges in this industry, uh, but 10 years later I meet the same guy, obviously forgets me, and he hands a demo to me, and at this point I'm heading up radio. And uh, I said, do you know, that's really good, but you need to go back to the drawing board. We, I worked at, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to get some work at what is called Radio Port Natal. Um, been through that radio station, worked for a radio station called P4 uh, in Durban, and joined Highfelt uh, a few years after that. I think I was about 21, and I was appointed as station music manager. Thereafter, I think about 24, uh, I was heading up programming at um, Jacaranda. And the one thing that really stood out for me was training was very, very close to me. And I always wanted to pass on the skills and the knowledge that I'd learned. I don't profess to know everything. I learn new things every day. And uh, whilst I was at Jacaranda, the, we used to have these kids coming over. Um, they would go through these radio courses, and they'd spend about a day at the radio station. But we taught them nothing. We'd give them a cap and a T-shirt and pretty much say, this is what radio does. And the, there were two guys, and one guy was busy talking in one of the sessions. Um, and I said, hold on here, the, the red light's on. You don't do this in radio. And I said, is there anything else funny? And the one guy said, yes, that looks like a cheap mixing board. I think back then we had a Pacific, Andrew, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, and there was quite a few hundred thousand rand. And I said, describe the mixing board that you use. And what he described to me was a little two-channel DJ mixer with a crossfader that you could buy from uh, Hi-Fi Corporation. I said, is there anything else that's funny? He said, yes, your microphone looks like a toilet roll holder. It's a broadcast mic. It does look, a, look like a toilet roll holder. I said, when you guys are finished, can you just come and talk to me? You know, did you pay for this radio course? And the guy said, yes. I said, sure, your parents must have been very wealthy to put you through, to, through this course. It was a one-month course. This was around about 2007. And I said, what does your parents do for a living? One guy said, my mom is a domestic. The other guy said, my dad is a security guard. How much was this course? 5,000 rand put together by somebody I'd never heard of in this industry before. Um, and it, I'd actually, funny enough, Vitz comes into play here, and I'd spoken to, to the head of radio at that point, who was Omar Isak, and he said, oh, well, you know, Lloyd, uh, Vitz is interested in doing some radio courses, but the problem here is that the kids who want to do this radio course can't afford it. Uh, and it's something that I was, was very, very close to my heart, and I said, I want to I teach people. Um, in 2010, I left Jacaranda to put a consortium together, uh, and we tried to relaunch Capital Radio. I was, I was young. Uh, I was fortunate. I, I was doing pretty well in the industry. I owned a nightclub. I had a, doing well at a radio station, uh, and I met this bunch of guys, and I said, I would like to open up a radio station, and this is how much radio makes. And I said, did you know last year radio made 5.2 billion rand? And they looked at me and they said, but 
isn't it a couple of DJs who just walk in, play some music, and it's about 50 rand a spot? I said, no, it isn't. Uh, that guy's name was Mike's... Uh, uh, um, sorry? I should forget his name right now, but anyway. Um, and I said, listen, I need some money to, to put this together. And there was no plan, and I said, he said, how much do you need? I said, about 2 million rand for research. And he said, would you like the money tomorrow? I didn't know he was being sarcastic. I was honest about the whole thing. Um, left Jacaranda and tried to put this whole radio station together. And I thought, you know what? I've got enough to fund me for probably six months. This whole process took two and a half years. I ended up having my cars repossessed. Uh, I lost my house. I lost all my friends. I lost every single thing I had. And I went down to nothing. The once famous Lloyd was down to absolutely nothing. The funny thing about this industry is when you can give people things and they need you for something, they will be hugging you and kissing you and giving you 10 presents. When you have nothing to give them, they don't even want to see you. Um, I went through that for probably about a year and a half or two years with nothing. I found out about a radio station uh, that was closing down. Unfortunately, I did a lot of research on something called circular polarization and new technology. Uh, the station was called Rock FM, and they were based in Joburg North. They were on a one-watt license, and I said, listen, I would like to convert that commercial license to a community radio license, and probably we needed about 200 watts. I didn't have a cent. Um, I'd spoken to people I'd worked with the industry, and I said, can you help me? I have a passion for this, and do you believe I can make this work? And they said, absolutely. So what would have cost people probably about four or 500,000 Rand cost me about 2,000 Rand to do. I sat in front of Ikasa and I pitched my story and they laughed. Um, I was the one laughing because every time I sat there, I was charging my phone and my laptop. Prepaid electricity was expensive at home. <laughs> so what we did was we eventually ended up getting this license. And it's great. Now you're holding this license that says 200 watts, Joburg North, but you have no money. And all I managed to sell Hot 91.9 on was a vision. I thought of the name. I thought, hey, that's a cool idea. Let's call it that. I knew that there was a gap in the market for what needed to be an old school and R&B station. And here's the thing. You can never be everything to everybody. I always use the analogy with Coke. Coke changes its can ever so often. Puts a ribbon here and there, wishes you Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. But the bottom line is whenever you open that can, it doesn't pretend to be a vodka one day, a liquid fruit the other day, and a Fanta grape the next day. It's a Coke. The key to doing great radio is quite simple. It is consistency. I met with a lot of DJs and I thought, okay, let's, we, we're going to change the model in terms of the way community radio is done because community radio, unfortunately, had a very dirty name in the industry. Uh, community radio was apparently supposed to be sloppy. Nowhere in the rules it says you can't be professional. Nowhere in the rules says... Listen, you can't gain audience. Nowhere in the rules it says you have to do research, but we did all of that. We did all the research. Uh, I got a bunch of guys who are passionate about radio. I used to have, um, I would say lunch, but I couldn't afford that. I used to meet them at Krista Shopping Center and hope that they only ordered a cup of coffee because you got a free biscuit when you went to Mug and Beans, so I got you covered there. And they bought into this, and I said, listen, I want to open up a radio station. Um, here's a kicker here. Guys, I can't afford to pay you. But we're going to put research behind this. We're going to play the best music. We're going to be well-targeted. You're going to love radio all over again because they thought radio was now Sausage Factory. We do the same shit over and over again. And then that's what happens at radio stations. They tend to be complacent, and then they wonder 
why is everybody beating us? It's not new technology beating you, it's your complacency that's beating you. Um, we got the passion back with a lot of the DJs. We went to air with very basic things and we started winning. Um, a lot of the big commercials try to, 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 to cut us down. Um, I spoke to a guy by the name of Ryback from United Stations and he said, Lloyd, I love this, it's gonna be a winner in the industry. Um, at the time they were selling for Kaya FM and Kaya, um, they were probably doing about a million rand plus a month. I mean, I couldn't even foresee money like that. And I, I said, look, Ryback, I haven't heard from you in two weeks. What is going on here? He says, I've been told by the guys who have shares in these stations that if we touch you, we're going to lose the contract. It was then and there that I realized, shit, they're scared of me. I have absolutely not. If they didn't say that, I would have probably given up and Hot 91.9 wouldn't be around today. The station pretty much was sold on a, sold on a vision to everybody. It's amazing that I believe in in energy and when your energy is good you pass that on to everybody else through a microphone and it expands and we call Hot 919 the fun factory and the day that we stop having fun is the day that I will turn off that that transmitter uh, it's 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 simple and, and when it comes back to what we do is not rocket science everything happens for a reason um, I managed to get an old mixing board uh, by the name of Beatrice it's an old Pacific she was built in 1977 and people laughed at me and they went why do you want this old analog board? You've got to put 100 cables through. It's going to cost you so much money. I paid 5,000 Rand for the board. What they didn't know at the time was that that board was made from aircraft-grade aluminium. So if I cut it up, I could have made 80,000 Rand on it. So I'm just Indian and clever like that. <laughs> um, it was amazing. We contacted a, a, a guy by the name of Bob Moore. Uh, Bob was about 80 years old at the time. I actually contacted his, his granddaughter. And I said, look, I believe that you had manufactured this disc. And said, yes, it's used widely in the States. Um, it's built like a tank. If it were a car, it would be an E-type Jag. Uh, but I said, I've got some problems with it. It doesn't really work. Uh, there are parts that you can buy online. And the parts that I couldn't get, uh, she said, it's going to be very difficult. Check eBay. I get an email from her probably about two weeks later. And she says, you're not going to believe this. In my grandfather's garage, we found a box marked 1982. It's called PR&E BMX2. Every single part you're looking for is in that. And she said, I love your story. It's divine intervention. I said, how much do I owe you? She says, I'm a bit worried. If I charge you, I'm afraid somebody's going to strike me down with lightning because the odds of this happening is just it's like zero. She sends the parts, and we see Beatrice come to life every day. Um, we've never had to change anything, switch anything off at Hot 91.9. Beatrice is so old that she didn't know what a computer was. We created a little device that thinks that it's pulsing a turntable and then it pulses back to the computer and it carries on working. I think it's part of our soul as who we are as a, as, as, as a community-based radio station. Uh, one of the salespeople um, at United Stations, uh, somebody who's very close to me, she was quite senior there at the time. Um, her name is Ingrid Bouchard and she was crying. She came to me, I said, you don't know who I am. You presented to me and something happened. And I said, I, she says, can I be your head of sales? And I said, I don't have a cent to pay you. I don't even know how I'm going to pay the rent here. And she said, don't worry, I have a pension. Um, she took a chance and it's the best decision uh, she's, she's made. I mean, Candy sits there from, who used to be with United Stations. You'll probably vouch for that story as well. And, and everything sort of happened for a reason. Um, the model that we set up at Hot 919 was about creating entrepreneurs. Government wanted entrepreneurs. 
Um, and we set up a deal with the DJ saying, listen, you sell the features. Whatever money you make is yours. If you sold it for 10 Rand or 100,000 Rand, I'll build you a great product. The generics belong to me. The features belong to you. And for a period of three years, we worked on that model. And everybody was happy at the radio station. Started off with three people. Uh, I'm happy today to say today I employ 56 people at the radio station. So the model of Hot 91.9, um, we had no money to launch a radio station. As I said, we became a word of mouth station. And, and sometimes I believe that that's the best way to do it because your listeners are your best brand ambassadors. There's no you sticking a billboard there going, we're so fantastic. No, you're actually not. You need people to sit there and go, you're fantastic because that counts for a lot. Um, I employed what I call legends at the radio station and I capitalized on that because people knew the names. So whilst we were building up the sound of the radio station targeting sort of mid 40 year old person in Johannesburg North, I knew that they knew people like Mark Pilgrim. Uh, they knew Sasha Martinengo, they knew Treasure Shabalala. So they bring in all these names in and the plan was to, to bring in younger people as well through our radio training and development uh, academy. Um, we played music people liked. This was simple. People laughed at us. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, one of the very senior guys at uh, a commercial radio station heard us for the very first time uh, and said, had known of us and said, they're just a bunch of has-beens trying to do radio. Shit, man. I had 52 nominations and 25 awards in three years. I think I'm just getting started. We needed to think out the box, and we also needed to help the community. We implemented something that was called Hot Cares. We're a non-profit company. That's what we are. And we get lambasted every day from the commercial sector saying, you're commercial playing community. The difference between commercial and community is that commercial gives its money to shareholders. It's for profit. Community is, my shareholders is my community. And the more money I make, the more money I give to them. It's as simple as that. You know, we are asked once again, are you a community radio station? I think people need to ask the 52 people who received bursaries from us in the last three years. Uh, we feed orphans. We have a soup kitchen. Uh, we assist the elderly. We've probably put tens of millions of rands into supporting NGOs and NPOs within this community that we serve. Um, you know, the, one of my first complaints that I got from, from ICASA, funny enough, uh, that was submitted by somebody from the SABC. Was they not a community station? Why? Because they sound too good. Who said you couldn't sound good? Who said you had to be sloppy? And we keep we 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 have people taking having a go at us, you know, every day. I always say that it's it's not our fault as a community station that we're successful. Uh, we're professional. We deliver ROI, and that's the key thing. At gone are the days where advertisers look at things and they go, um, listen, I think I'll put 50,000 rand on that station because they're community. They don't give a shit. At the end of the day, it's what is the return on, investors, return on investment to advertisers. It's as simple as that. Has anybody here woken up in the morning and said, mm, it's Monday today, I think I'll listen to a community station? Nobody thinks like that. They go, I will listen to a radio station that talks to me. It's simple. The average listener doesn't know what a commercial or community station is. They just know it's their station that helps the community. I've got some advice for commercial players that are in the room here. 
don't look at the community guys and go, oh, we need to nail them and we need to get Ikasa up after them. My advice to you is up your game. It's as simple as that. Uh, uh, Tim asked me to talk about some of the success stories at Hot 91.9. Uh, 52 nominations in three years, 25 Liberty Awards, Station of the Year for two years in a row, and Hall of Fame. Um, one of my fondest achievements is, is managing to put together a team that believed in my vision and were willing to work free of charge for six months to such a point where they were giving me money so that I could pay for petrol to come in. Um, my prepaid telephone, uh, sorry, my prepaid meter in the office, all I needed was 32 rand a day to run the radio station. I couldn't come up with 32 rand a day. By some stroke of luck, Nedbank decided to advertise with us. We had no numbers, we had no figures. And they went, listen, uh, would you like all the money up front? 32,000 rand for me was like, shit, I just won the lottery. <laughs> Paid for a lot of electricity. Um, the Hot Radio Training Academy is, is something that's very, very close to my heart. Uh, over the last two years, uh, we have trained 250 people uh, through that academy. It is an academy that is run free of charge by the DJs. Uh, Lance Rothschild, who's in the room, actually spoke uh, at the academy as well. And I have two rules in that academy. Uh, the first one is 90% passion. And the second part is 10% I'll teach you. If it's the other way around, I'm not interested at all. And this is the whole thing, and it comes back to the whole passion about radio. We lost it along the line. Want to do good radio? Start with heart first. Always believe that the money will follow you. You don't chase the money. It comes after you. I've seen this time and time again. I've seen the more you give, the more you get. Um, we launched something at the radio station. I keep telling the team that Hot Cares is uh, what we call our CSI initiative. And the, unfortunately, well, the sta entire station is CSI. And we run these auctions to keep it sustainable. And every week, I see 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 coming in from people just going, I'd like to buy that ring from you, or I'd like to buy that bottle of wine from you. The radio station managed to raise a million and 56,000, not through corporates, in 12 hours by listeners because they buy into the brand. If they believe in your brand and they see your passion, they will continue to give you. Advertisers think the same as well. As far as, as the growth of the radio station is concerned, uh, we've seen an increase year on year, uh, significant. Uh, in terms of revenue, <laughs> we go up 93% year on year and a lot of people go like, but, but you're a community radio station and you're taking the money away from the commercials. I don't give a shit. Our challenges at the radio station is that we broadcast on a 200-watt transmitter. That's all we have. And we manage to take on the bigger guys with just 200 watts of power. Let's deliver a good offering. Um, some of the challenges for community guys, you're going to have to put up with the CASA's 70% uh, local content quota, uh, and which is also going to be moving up to 80% uh, by the following year. And, and I think as community radio and as, as the commercial guys, we are going to have to challenge this because we've seen the downfall with the SABC and people will lose jobs. We've launched some really cool things at the radio station, which includes uh, hot TV. We needed to look at non-traditional revenue. I keep saying we're not just a radio station. We're a cool brand. Um, and the NTR is going to be a big thing for us. Uh, Kaya does a wonderful job with something called Kaya TV. And we're sort of trying to follow into the, in those footsteps as well with them. So in in finally, what's the formula? It goes back to not being rocket science. 
passion. Have fun at what you do. If you're not having fun, get another job. Have vision that everybody buys into. Be consistent. We focus a hell of a lot on market research. Um, we did some work with when Sa sorry, Samro, uh, Samro, uh, Sof first announced the numbers to us at Hot 91.9. And they said, your numbers are 22,000 listeners. Oh, that's interesting. If your numbers are 22,000 listeners, my active audience interacting with this radio station is 25,000. Are you telling me that I have more active listeners than actual listeners? It doesn't make sense. The other thing was, in radio you get 5% active and 95% passive. And they couldn't understand that. Eventually we started doing what's called micro-research, where at the NAB we're trying to push that right now. The smaller stations will not continue with macro-research because the numbers will be too low. If you are an SABC station, you're broadcasting nationally, absolutely. But we focus on what's called micro-research because advertisers don't care about how many, how many listeners you have. They care about the quality of that audience you have. So even if you have 500 listeners, go to an advertiser and tell them everything about the 500 listeners in detail. They'll put money in your station. And we've seen this time and time again. People. People are key. If you don't have the right people for the job and you're not a team player, you're going to lose. And finally, this is my personal thing. I've learned that the more I give, the more I get. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the success story of Hot 91.9. Thank you. Come, Andrew, come, Andrew. Andrew and I actually worked together for many years. <laughs> yeah, I used to break it, I think. <laughs> I used um, to break it, yes. So, Lloyd, just a, a question. I mean, you guys pride yourselves on being, um, you know, old school. Yep. Which is why you have a mixing desk from the 70s. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's a cool brand, and you're hyper-local. I mean, you've got to you watch on. So, uh, everybody is, is crowing about, you know, radio's got to be multi-platform, the, the role of social media and that. Yep. How do you respond to that, and what part does it play? In, in your station and your community, yep. you know, the, the social platforms. Look, I mean, we will, we, we will die if we just focused on radio. Uh, we also try not to be a lot more intelligent than our audience. We know that we talk to a 40-plus market, uh, and when it comes to social media, Facebook is the big thing that we actually push on there. Uh, you know, as far as Twitter is concerned, yes, we are there, but when it comes to, to uh, social media, Facebook is what we, what we actually push. And we find that our biggest usage actually comes from Facebook. That's our number one communication tool overall. Uh, so as far as multimedia platforms are concerned, hot TV is a big thing for us. One, in terms of non-traditional revenue, uh, we go to clients, for example, Verimark, and that's where the idea came from. Um, Verimark would not advertise on radio but they will advertise on TV. So if we became a one-stop shop where radio's instant gratification, I can talk about the product, and I can focus one of my DJs playing with your product, you're going to buy into that whole thing. So that's how we've learned to capitalize on this whole thing as well in terms of multimedia platforms. Uh, it also allows us on the TV side, when we do an interview on radio, uh, it's probably three to five minutes, but we get, those, we get those people on the couch and we can talk to them for a whole 25 or 30 minutes. So on air, we're pushing people onto other platforms as well to consume us for longer periods of time.
So I'm a news person, a journalist. I'm just very interested to hear more about your model in terms of the news, yep. uh, specifically what you do on social media, and you are more connected with the community. What do you do to not only give back, but to draw them in and make them part of the news? Yep. Um, if you can just share your yep. model, please. I'm not a news guy, but I can tell you that we are hyper-local with news. Our offering with news is what's happening within our community. Um, we also regulate it as far as the news is concerned, unlike many of the commercial radio stations. So when it comes to international news, you know what? 702 are going to knock us out. They're great at that. But 702 and Kaya and Power can't tell you what's happening in North Riding with regards to the potholes. And that's how we are hyper-local, and that's what makes us different to everybody else. It, uh, to be quite honest, if we went after any of your radio stations with news, we'd lose hands down. I pick my fights very carefully. <laughs> I think you're going to need to be here, Ismail. Good afternoon, Ismail's name. Uh, Lloyd, you speak about research. I know you're very passionate about this. Take us through the process that you've done with regard to your micro-research and compared to micro, because I know that's what many of the uh, community radio stations are struggling with. I know you've gone through the whole process. Perhaps take us through something. Sure. Um, I'm very passionate about research. Um, when it comes to micro-research, we look for what's called a margin of error, and that statistical margin of error should be anything under 4.9%. Uh, which is accepted in the industry. When you look at what the BRC are doing right now, the margin of error is too wide. Pretty much what it means is that you can be 4.9% up or you can be 4.9% down. Anything, uh, the BRC right now is showing you 25-30%. Um, our margin of error, funny enough, because we're such a small radio station within Joburg North, was 45%. You can't go to a client and say, I've got a 45% margin of error. Clients buy into that micro-research. They don't want to know how many listeners you have. They want to know the listeners within your catchment area, who's shopping at Woolworths, who's buying what, where are their kids going to school. I can drill down and tell you everything about my audience to, to a point where I can tell you that the bulk of our audience are sitting in SEM10 right now because it makes sense. It's Joburg North. We don't spread the net wide. Many stations go, we have all these transmitters, let's spread the net wide. That's called wastage. I can tell you if you're putting money on Hot 91.9, some stations charge you 30,000 Rand for a 30-second advert. Hot 91.9 doesn't do that. Hot 91.9 believes in reach and frequency. And reach and frequency works like this. The more you hear an advert, the more likely you are to do something about it. So for your 30,000 Rand, you can get 30 ads on Hot 91.9. And because I like you, I'll give you added value. And I don't have shareholders to say, why are you giving away all my airtime? So we get a return on investment and we get to build good brand ambassadors from there. Uh, micro Research once again digs into every single thing you need to know about that listener. Uh, in terms of wh where they're shopping, what cars they're buying. I can tell you that 14% uh, of my audience in Joburg North have a disposable income, and we look at what disposable income is. Disposable income is deemed as the money you have in your bank account, not the total amount, which is your partner and yourself and everybody in the household. It is your individual money after you paid for your kids' school fees, you paid for your car, you paid for your bond. How much do you have? 14% of my market have 100,000 Rand plus a month. And I always say, people go, but, but that's not community radio. Who said that... When people think community radio, you have to think of poor people. You need, for rich people, 
pardon it, to buy into your radio station so they can help the poor people within your community. And that's how we make a difference. Lloyd, uh, I think you've done a great job. You are a good representation for community radio. Um, now, what we always hear is how the board, which is a representation of the community in terms of ownership and control, how the board mess up things in community radio. How is your board constituted? Uh, what is the type of relationship you have with them and how are they playing part in ensuring that this success is seen with the station? Yeah, so that's, a, that, that's a very good question when it comes to, to community radio station. The board are there to add value to your station. Also, your MOI will dictate how many board members you have. It's no use having 50 board members in and everybody screaming about programming. We base everything on research at the radio station, so the board buys into that. They know exactly who we're talking to. The board's role is to ensure compliance, and that's what they're there for. The board's role is not to tell you what song you should play and who you should be interviewing. So there's a, there's a business expression that says where there's no vision, people perish. Do you see your role as the custodian of the vision? Because I know, I know internally in your station, a lot, you, uh, everyone from, from every single member of staff there has a view on the vision of the station, but it's a clear view. They know who, you, who your listener is. And then the other thing is just, I've heard it before, but please tell people here about your target listener, about who is, you're seeing when you switch on the mic. Let's start with that. I, I, I want to go. Thanks, Lance. I want to go back to that whole Coke analogy. You can't be everybody, everything to everybody. We found in a gap in the market where we're talking to a mid 40-year-old female. The music that we play is from the late 1970s upwards. We've worked it out in terms of the clocks and the formula of when she was 13 years old. What sort of songs was she was she listening to on the radio when she had her first boyfriend? What sort of songs was she listening to on the radio when she got married? When she had her first child. Radio is about an emotional response. We're very, very clear in our programming at the radio station. If we could have a cardboard cutout, everybody would tell you we're talking to that woman. It's a mid-40-year-old woman living in Joburg North. She probably has two kids. On a weekend, she's picking up the kids from school activities. She goes out with her friends occasionally. We know what she's doing on a Saturday. We know what she's doing on a Sunday. We know what meals she consumes. We are very, very focused on who we talk to. The bottom line is you will kill your radio station if you try and be everything to everybody. Because let me tell you, a 14-year-old boy has nothing in common with a 45-year-old female. And that's where stations try and give you a bit of everything. You know what's going to happen then? You lose quarter hours. You lose quarter hours, you start losing cum overall. You start losing cum, you start losing revenue. You start losing revenue, go and find another job. Um, and pretty much that's who we, that's who we talk to. Hmm. Sorry, what was, what was the other? Oh, the vision. Uh, the vision for the radio station was very clear from the outset. Uh, everyone was sort of entrenched with, I think it was more my story than anybody, anything else. People felt sorry for me and I said, guys, listen, I've been down this road. I, I've, I've learned the vision with pots is more to give. Um, and I said it earlier on, the more we give, the more we get. The vision was clear with every single presenter. Uh, and, and, and I learned this from a, 
an ex-CEO that I, I once worked with, a man by the name of Alan Kahn, and he kept telling the story of uh, JFK's visit to Cape Canaveral for the very first time. And he said um, he shook everybody's hand and he was, went right to the end and needed to go to the loo. And he eventually ended up meeting the janitor and he said, hello, what do you do here? And the janitor turned around and said, I'm helping, I'm helping to send a man to the moon. Everybody has a clear vision of what Hot 919 is all about. Thank you, everybody.